a drama, uh, it's kind of a repurposed drama, and, but it fits so well with uh, the message that I'm going to be sharing this morning. And, and I'll be honest, uh, it, it was one of those God things where you had everything kind of planned, had a PowerPoint, gave it to the AVL team, and then about midnight last night, I just changed everything. <laughs> but uh, I really think God just laid this on my heart and, and gave me the resources and this illustration and kind of go with it for a purpose and, and for a reason. And it just matched perfectly with, with what we're doing because... You know, Pastor Mark's been uh, carrying on this big uh, topic through the year about what a healthy church looks like. And, and what we kind of are going to talk about this morning is a part of what can make a, a church healthy. And, and, you know, of course, looking at the, the downsides and negatives of it, how it, how it can make things unhealthy and whatnot. Um, but I got I to gotta do a plug a little bit here this morning since uh, it is Student Sunday and and, and these guys have done a phenomenal job uh, up here doing all the different parts and different things. Um, but, you know, youth ministry is such, uh, such a glorious thing. It's a wonderful experience. And, uh, you know, I, I have an amazing team. And over the years, I've had all kinds of different uh, people come through. And just whether they're volunteering for different events or whether they're actually, like, uh, really invested because there's always uh, two different kind of ways you can uh, help out in youth. There's the chaperone where you just kind of come and help out for some events. And then there's ones that actually being a team leader. And you're in, you're in there every service. You're investing into the students. You're, you're pouring into them. You're, get, you're getting the phone calls or texts at midnight and, and all this stuff. You're just really in-depth and pouring uh, more into them. And, uh, you know, it's just been awesome to kind of see this diversity of personalities. And there's a, there's a personality on the screen right there for you. Uh, so, you know, Ryan has just been one of many. You know, he's just, he was in the youth program, and then he became an intern, and then he uh, just helped us. Uh, even when he's not an intern, he wants to be back there to really invest. And I have all kinds of leaders that are like that. Uh, they may have different responsibilities in the church or different things, but when it's something to do with youth, man, they just... They're there. And, uh, you know, I, I love that. And, and we've had young families. We've had, we've had parents of grown adults in there. And uh, it's just been so many volunteers just having different personalities. And that's what is key. Uh, it took me a little while, but a few years ago, you know, when, when this team was getting developed and I was, everything was just kind of getting in the right, I had all these volunteers and things were going great. I noticed that, like, the students are not, they're not coming to me. They're not, you know, asking me to pray for them. They're not doing that. I'm just like, well, what's going on? I, that, that, this is my job. What's happening here? Well, you know, through leadership stuff and, and different things and it's just experience and God just put on my heart as well, now things are different. Because when you have a good solid team in place, you don't want to disrupt that. So it's perfectly okay because some of these volunteers, they, they connect. They connect with students that I can't necessarily connect with or they can go deeper with them than I can't quite go there. And so it's just been amazing. So all I do now, God just moved my heart that I just need to support and encourage my leaders as best as I can so that they are there. And sometimes, you know, when life gets chaotic and I have fewer leaders than none, you know, I just gotta go out and, and find some more. And that's kind of what uh, I'm looking to kind of do for the rest of this year, just to really look to see if anybody wants to be brave enough uh, to, to help in youth ministry because it is such a wonderful thing. And you can ask anybody that's on the team right now or have been on the team about their experience with it. 
Uh, you know, if you walk back towards a youth room, I have a bulletin board that kind of says the current people that are really consistent in helping out with the team and, and, you can, and, and helping out in youth ministry. And you can ask them, and they will be more than happy to tell you their experience and, and, uh, uh, and just everything that they've been through and just how it's helped them and how they're able to help kids. I won't drag them up here today to make them do it. Um, but uh, I had one person volunteer, but I said, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll save it for another time. But, uh, <laughs> but seriously, go to them, ask them, and, and they'll be more than happy to tell you because it's just an awesome thing to uh, just to be a part of. And, you know, as, as, you know, this morning and just today, just, today just feels like a big family gathering. Today just feels like one of those family gatherings, you know, you have on the holidays or special occasions. Uh, just uh, Everyone's here, everyone's around, and you got some of the young kids out there chasing the dog or playing ball or something like that. You got some of the older teens, they're playing cornhole or, or yard Yahtzee or what other new, new thing that, hillbilly ball, is that still a thing? I don't know. You, know, you got all these, they're out there doing that, and then the adults are sitting on the back porch, they're sitting down, and they're talking, and probably talking about little weightier conversation, you know, about politics and life and family and work. But then comes that part of that get-together that everyone loves, that, that time for food, right? So it, it, it's time to eat, and not necessarily, I don't know your guys' experience in your, in your family get-togethers, but probably a lot around the world um, have had this similar type of setup when it comes to the mealtime in this special uh, gathering. They, they kind of have... Um, these two tables set up, one for the kids and one for the adults, right? So you have, you have the, the kids' table and you have the adults' table. Now, you look at these, these ta- two tables, and they might be a part of the same meal, but there's two different experiences happening going on here. Uh, so each table is very different. At the adult table, you got your, the nice tablecloths and glassware, and, and I wouldn't say fine china. This is given to us in our wedding anniversary, so it's, they've lasted pretty long, so it's not fine china, but you know, you have the nice stuff here, right? And the experience at this table, conversations are different, right? You know, you're, the, the, there's adult conversations happening, maybe talking about just the family or family past or just reminiscing. And then you got the kids' table. Things are plastic and, you know, trying to be spill-proof, as much as possible. Uh, you know, everything's just easy just to clean up because most of the time the kids sit here for two seconds and then run off and the food's all still on the plates, barely has been touched. That's why the dog knows to come to this table first and just eat everything. But you know, you have varying age ranges here from infants, toddlers, all the way up to teenagers sitting at the kids' table. And so, and, and there you have, you have laughter, you have just goofiness going on and and, and nothing serious, and then you might have some fighting. Well, you probably have some fighting going on, and you definitely have probably some crying going on at this table. But, but that's the experience at these two tables. So you have one meal, two tables, but two very different experiences. And, and, and this setup works. It makes sense. It's practical. It's convenient, right? But at the same time, it creates a gap in the family. Because the two tables that are separated from one another, the kids' table and the adult table, both tables are missing out on key experiences that each other bring. So they're missing out on something. They're missing out 
on, on, on something they can have by being separated. And so you, you look at the adult table, and without kids and teenagers, you know, they're, they're, the adults are missing out on some, some of that, that energy, that laughter, maybe some of that, that, that kind of kiddish fun that you can have there. They're, they're also missing out on the messes and the spills, which sounds ridiculous, right? I mean, who, that's why they're over there, so they can be a mess over there and not on our table. But because they miss out on that, they also miss on opportunities to, to, to learn, to teach, to instruct, to help guide, to grow them through those messes. So, you know, we, we look at it as an inconvenience, but we also miss those learning opportunities that come along with that. And what does the kids' table miss out by not having adults at it? They miss the reminiscing of the family's past. They miss the stories about mom and dad who got in just as much trouble as they do now. <laughs> and, and they miss, they miss on, on that connectivity. They miss on, on the, the, having this shared identity and this sense of belonging of the family that the adults bring. Yeah, it's fun. They, they have all this stuff like that, but they're missing the family, the, the, the identity by being separated. And so you see there that having these two tables is you have these distinct um, experiences that happen. And too often the church, the family of God, has the same problem. And it suffers as a result. It, it's easy to look at the church and see the same setup. Two tables, a kid's table and an adult table. Now, th this example, it talks about kids and adults, but, but overall, the, going off of the topic that we're, we're going to, it, it does not really have to have an age to it. Because we could easily fill up this entire worship center with tables set for different things, for different personalities, for different gifts, for, for, for anything. Anybody that comes in this building, we can set a separate table up for them because it, it, it's just the differences in that. But what we need to have is a table for all, right? You know, looking at an unhealthy church, this drama, it represents the stuff that, it, it, you know, each character is up here, it can represent a church, and everything that they're bound by are things that are unhealthy about a church. They're, they're stuck, they, somehow they fell into it, they got caught up in it, you know, whether they got curious about this and it just wrapped around and they got stuck and they fought for a while, but eventually they just gave up and they're, they're bound by whatever it is that is unhealthy about the church. And it takes someone to realize, hey, wait a minute, we need to, we need to turn back to Jesus. We need to turn back to God. We need to focus on him and we can be, be freed from these unhealthy habits. And looking at this example of this two table setup at the meal this is, can lead us into having unhealthy habits. But, but I really believe that we, at Porterfield, we do a really good job. I, I will admit that we do a really good job at doing this. Uh, one of the, here's a common thing that goes on, in, in, and I'm sure it goes on to youth groups around the world, but I know it happens here. Uh, sometimes the, the kids refer to the, the Sunday morning services that happen to, to big church. Oh, we're going to be a big church today. Oh, do we have big church today or is that next Sunday? And I, I fall prey to that too because I end up saying that. And most of the time I feel I say it because it's the way I know, like they don't understand what, if I say worship center, where, you know? So I say it anyways. But, but at the same time, I almost kind of cringe because it's like, well, it's, yes, the, the room is bigger, 
but it's your church too. I mean, it's, it's just church, you know. So it, it just, we call this the worship center or the sanctuary or, or where Tracy dances, whatever you want to, you know, we call it, we call it whatever, but, but it's still church. It's not big, small church. It's, it's, it's your church. And the thing about that is, is that at some point in time, when you know, we become, we grow up, we become teenagers, and we have to ask ourselves the question every family wrestles with since the beginning of time is at what point do I go from the kid's table to the adult table? Where is my place? At which table do I belong? And I'm bringing up some of these guys heard me say this morning and, and they didn't really say anything bad to me afterwards, so I guess maybe they're trying to forget. But as hard as they try, they try to ignore the fact that at some point in time, they're going to have to ask that question, where do I go next after youth? It's a terrifying thought. I think I saw some previous, yeah, there's Will and they're back there. So they know the, all the ever to fear of, youth's almost over, where do I go? But it happens. We grow up, we, we, you know, we have to ask ourselves, what, where's my next place? And so this is where the two tables set of the church can really hurt a church. It, it's at times, um, you know, because what happens is at those times, somewhere along the way, we can lose them. We can lose between going from that table to this table. And this goes, you know, also, like I said earlier, it doesn't have to be teenagers or kids and adults. It can happen from anybody. When somebody comes in there and they're first, they're sitting at this table and they're wondering where to go next. What, you know, do I start, this is my new visitor table, but where do I go to next when I want to get plugged in? And because we have separate tables for everything, sometimes we can get lost going from one table to the next. And so it, it, it's, it's very scary. And so, you know, today we're, we're really celebrating youth, right? We're having them up here. It's an exciting time. But at some point in time, they're asking themselves that question, what's next? What's next after youth group? High school graduation is one of the most important and difficult transitions in teenagers' life. But one of the, the other most difficult is a transition in their faith at that same time. And it, it's really terrifying to, to see that this research where we see teenagers leave church and their faith at an alarming rate right after graduation. Uh, some studies show kind of different, different numbers, but some show that uh, when those students who grow up and they're in church and they attend youth group, at least 50% of them fall away after high school. And some say 60%, some say 7%. I found this, uh, this, this new kind of graph. I didn't get a chance to put it on a slide. But it's kind of like uh, just a study done here in the last few years about the top five reasons that some of these teenagers might drop out or stop attending church. Uh, 34%, they moved to college and stopped attending church, which, you know, that's a big life change, depending on where you go, where you're at, it's new. It, it, that, 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 that can be a struggle. 32%, church members seem judgmental or hypocritical. Ouch. 29%, I didn't feel connected to people in my church. 25%, I disagree with the church's stance on political and social issues. 24%, my work responsibilities prevented me from attending. 
So these are kind of ouch, right? Especially when you look at the higher, the topper percentages, other than just going to college, there are two of them back to back that are high percentage. It has to do with the church and the people in it. And, and you know, once again, I want to iterate, reiterate that I really feel here at Porterfield, we do a pretty good job of not letting that happen. We, we do a pretty good job of not letting, letting our, our students or anybody that comes through these doors fall into those statistics because we always are trying to make sure we kind of see them, but that is, can begin to be a sign of an unhealthy church of those that, that fall into this category. You know, a, a lot of this, this de- decline, a lot of these dropping out has to do with this two table setup or just having separate tables. Because what happens is when kids grow out of kids ministry or, or the youth ministry, they're looking for something. They're like, okay, well, okay, what's next? And, and they want more. They want to go deeper in their faith. They want to experience a shared identity with the church. But when they go check out the adult table, they realize there's not a place for them there either. And, and, and as, you know, I learned, I figured this out even at my previous church is that, you know, in youth ministry, you, you know, here is seventh grade to 12. And, and the goal that, that myself and the team, we try to do, we try to get them prepared for the next stage in life. We do the best we can to teach and instruct and, and get them kind of prepared. And, you know, because that's what school does, right? High school gets you ready for college and gets you ready for life. Well, we're trying to get them spiritually ready for the next step. And, and you know, it's such a struggle sometimes for, you know, depending on the student maybe, to go from this step, no matter how much prepared, but if that next step, they don't know, even know where it is, that can be very difficult. And so what happens if you explore and you look at the adult table and you realize there's no place there for you? And then, or, or, you know, or maybe uh, you, know, you hear they go to the adult table and, and they hear it's not their time yet, they're told. Oh, they're the future, they're told. And so what do you do if you don't have a place at either table? You leave the meal. And that's where we lose them. They realize, well, this is, I'm, I'm outgrown this. I'm, I, I can't be here anymore. I, I'm looking for something deeper, something more. Let me check the, this adult table out. And it's like, well, there's really not a place for me here either. Or I don't feel connected. I don't feel as welcomed. And, and, and so when I don't feel there either. So where am I? I? I just leave the meal. And it's a scary thought, but it's something we always have to keep in check. This is why teenagers leave the church in the faith at such an alarming rate. And not only do they suffer, but there's also someone else that suffers, and that's the church. Because what happens is, is, is you know, especially as the church is trying to grow and move, we see needs, but then we're looking who, who can fill those needs. And, and not just in young adults or, or teenagers, but in anybody who comes through this door. You know, we're always looking, hey, man, we have this need. Uh, Let's go see if we can find somebody who would be good for that need. Well, what if we missed them? What if because we weren't looking soon enough and they were going from this table to this table and they didn't feel connected and they left and we just missed somebody that could really feel that need, really could have been crucial. So the church can really hurt because they're missing out on these, these gifts and talents of people and young people missing out the passion and willingness 
that young adults can bring are just new people with fresh eyes and, and just fresh passion. So at some point in time, we have to ask ourselves, you know, are we this two table system? And if we are, is it working for us? And as I said, I think at Porterfield, we do an amazing job having this invitation and, and, and making sure and giving us an opportunity to, for young adults and anybody, we're trying to search for somebody to fill a need. I really do believe that we do a pretty good job at doing that. But we still have to be careful that we're not just leaving an, an extended invitation. Because, yeah, that's easy. Oh, yeah, you're, you, you can come and be here anytime. Oh, you can come help us out in this ministry anytime you want. Or, or yeah, the youth are always welcome to come and help out in, in the worship center or big church or the dan Tracy's dance hall. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're always welcome. See, that's great. But we got to make sure is we don't just leave it as an invitation. Maybe we need to ask ourselves, can there be something I do more to make sure they are actually at the meal? Because I can invite, leave a chair open and say, yep, yeah, anytime they want to, they can come. But as they're going from here and they're looking and they, they may see an empty seat, but they're not sure, they get lost. You know, yeah, maybe we need to put this neon sign pointing to the seat with their name on it. This is your seat and that's great, but maybe we need to go a step further. We need to go to their house and say, do you know how to get to the meal? Oh, here, let me, let me take you there. But we gotta ask ourselves, yeah, the invitation is awesome. It's great and we're, we're really good at that and the healthy church is always gonna be good at that. But we need to look at the next step and saying, are we doing everything we can to make sure they actually get to that meal? They actually get to where we see them fitting in or where they need to be to fit in. See, Jesus answers this question in Mark. In chapter 10, Jesus is with the disciples. He's teaching them some very heavy stuff. He's talking to them about divorce and money, um, very scary topics. I won't make jokes, I'll keep moving on. <laughs> And so by these topics alone, this is by the very definition an adult conversation, right? Divorce and money. But what happened was people begin to bring their children up to Jesus. And the disciples are like, what is going on here? No, no, shoo, get out of here. This isn't your place. This is the adult table. And after all, what can they really you know, bring to contribute to the conversation, right? What, what do kids know about divorce and, and money? besides how to spend the money and how to beg for more. I'm not there yet, but I'm not looking forward to it. So, <laughs> so you know, and, and so the, this is what the disciples are doing in, 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 in verses 13 and 14, it says, people were bringing the little children to Jesus, to him, to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So Jesus stops them. And he's actually saying, no, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Let them come to me, let them come to me. And the disciples, and I'm pretty sure the entire lifespan of Jesus' ministry, they had this permanent expression and comment like, huh? I'm sure they always looked like that to Jesus because they were always confused. <laughs> Wait, are, are, you, are you serious? Do you really mean that? And Jesus is like, yeah, you don't understand. 
the kingdom of God, my kingdom that I'm coming here to reveal to you actually belongs to them. They're essential to this whole thing and you, you have a lot to learn from them. This new people coming in. Later, after Jesus leaves the earth and ascends to, to be with God in heaven, Paul c- c- continues to build on this fundamental truth. And he writes to the, to the community in Corinth using the metaphor of the body. We, we were familiar with the scripture, right? And he says a church is like a body that has many parts, but these many parts make up the body. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. So, so what happens if a body part is missing? Can it exist? Yeah, sure. It can exist. Can it function? Yeah, it can function. Can it accomplish good things? Yeah, it can do that. But can it thrive? Not, not, not very well. So yeah, we can lack some of these parts, we can be missing them, and we can still exist, we can, we can still do good things, we can, you know, we can still move on, we can function, but thriving is a different topic. Growing and, and expanding and, and learning and, and developing, and it's hard to do that when a, a body, especially the body of Christ, is missing some of these body parts. So it's the same truth for the church. And that's why for the church to thrive, everyone needs a seat at the table. For the church to thrive and to be healthy, everyone needs a place at the table. And that's what this example is about. And, and it, like I said, it's not, we can look at it not solely for young people, kids and teenagers, we can look at it at anybody who comes through these doors that for us to thrive and be a healthy church, and we need integration. We need to bring old, young, tall, short. We need to bring everybody in with all these different talents and abilities. We need to get them away from their separate tables and everyone needs a place at the same table. That's what's gonna become many parts into one body. That's what's gonna allow us to thrive and to grow. So when the two tables, the kids' table and the adult table, are split up in the family gatherings, they're missing out on those experiences, right? They're missing out on, on something special until something happens. That crazy uncle stands up and says, like, uh-uh, uh, this isn't working. And so what he does, he walks over and he, he joins the table. And not only does he, he doesn't stop there, he makes everyone get up and mixes the, the, the kids and the teenagers and adults. He just mixes them all up. And so now they're all sharing one meal at one table, one experience. See, the, the crazy uncle you thought was out in left field, he actually got it right. 
He actually saw something that he understood that for the family to thrive as one, they need to have a place at the same table to share the same experience. It's the same way for the church. For the church to thrive, everyone needs a place at the table. So what does it look like to pull the tables together in the church? It looks like kids bringing their laughter and their fun in the times of worship. It looks like teenagers and young adults singing praises with the adult praise leaders, right? I don't know if you can tell. I'm picking on Trace. I don't know if you can tell the teenagers and adults up here this morning. <laughs> but, but you see that. You see that coming together. There's experiences. And it has been an experience the last day and a half, hasn't it? So, so if you were here 10 o'clock last night, you know. Uh, so, and it looks like teenagers and young adults and new people and, and people with fresh eyes, it looks like they're all coming in and they're having a legitimate voice in the church. And after the meal or, or you know, during this meal and, and you have all this stuff, what, what else are, 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 you know, can these kids learn about their history and about their heritage? Where else can they, can they experience a shared identity with the church and with the family? Will there be spills and messes at this table? Absolutely. But don't, don't make that a reason to separate them. Those spills and those messes are a time to grow. How else are any of these new people coming in inexperienced or these young people coming up to this adult table, how else are they gonna learn and grow? Because now they're there making these messes and, and learning and there's their adults there, there's other people that have been here a long time that can help them grow. And after the meal, where does everybody go? They go back out in the yard, the kids are chasing the dog, teenagers are maybe in the corner talking their cell phones to each other, I don't know but they're doing their thing. The adults can sit there and talk and, and look and reminisce and, and grandpa's asleep because he ate and he's falling asleep. And, but then you might get that crazy uncle. He's actually out there chasing the dog with the kids or he's you know, trying to figure out what an iPhone is or something, I don't know. But that crazy uncle is out there with them, helping them grow, helping them teaching and learning and, and they're joining in his experiences. And we need those crazy uncles to invest in young people and those crazy uncles and aunts that will go out and say, I'm gonna go greet this new person and, and I'm gonna figure them out, I'm gonna learn them and, and someday we're gonna find them a place in here that where we need a need and their, their, their abilities are gonna be perfect for it. We need brave people who are willing to volunteer in children's ministry and youth ministry. And I don't want to talk it up like it's something terrible because it is not. You, you lose sleep sometimes. It can be stressful and chaotic. But you ask any one of the leaders there now, life is real no matter what age you are. And the issues that come up, they're tough ones. But someone's got to be there for them. So we need brave people to to are willing to step up and volunteer for those areas. It's important to meet them where they are, but it's just important uh, are the times when we all eat at that one table. 
And imagine what would happen if we had more crazy aunts and uncles who were intentionally invested in the lives of, of everybody here and young people, you know, who pulled the table together, invited them to serve with them, learn with them, teach with them, and grow with them, right? Imagine that. If we did that, my guess is, is that you know, we would not be a church that just exists. You know, if that happened, we would not be a church that just functions. If it happened, we would not be a church that just does good things, but we would be a church that thrives. And that's what a healthy church looks like. That's what a healthy church is. It needs to thrive. Because for the church to thrive, everyone needs a place at the table. When everyone has a place at the table and they, they found their, there's no need to search from one table to the next and get lost. We're all at one table. When they, when they find that place, they, 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 they learn they have this significant role to play in the life of the church. And because of that, we have a greater kingdom impact than ever before. But for that to happen, for the church to thrive, everyone needs a place at the table. And like I said, I think we, we do an amazing job here doing that. But the thing we always got to constantly examine and remember is that, okay, is the invitation there? Great. But is there something more I could be doing to make sure they, that they, they make it there? Am I, or do we have separate tables as to where they can get lost going from there to there? Because having an open invitation is fine and dandy, but making sure that or there's a place at that one table is really important. You don't want to invite and then them show up and realize there's no chair for them. There's no, there's no plate set out for them. There's no, and the, the oh, they get up, they're going to, they're going to see, realize that's an inconvenience that you're making a space for them. For the church to thrive, everyone needs a place at the table. So as we continue on looking at what a healthy church is and examining ourselves, we want to make sure, hey, if there's anybody that comes through these doors that, that are new and fresh and have a passion, we find them and we make sure that we're all sitting at one table and that it's easy for them to find a place at it. Easy to find a place for them to get plugged in, to get connected, to grow. And especially for, for these children, because you know, I, you know, I've talked a lot with Trisha over the years about how to make sure to go from sixth grade to seventh. It's one year, right? But going from children's to youth, that could be daunting. That could be scary for some of these. And, and I don't want to admit it, but I, I probably over the years, you know, several years ago, we've probably lost a few because they, they loved it over there. They got here and big smelly teenagers, I'm not, I'm not going in there. I, okay, some of you smell, some of you don't. I'm just kidding. I love y'all. But, but that's a big gap. But then definitely going from youth to adult worship, that's got to be an easier transition. And so if you, if you come and, and you have a passion to work that and want to make sure that, they, that the tables are together, then hey, come see me or any of my youth leaders and we'll sign you up. I'm not going to hesitate. You can be a young person, you can be a parent, you can be a grandparent, you can be a great-grandparent. I am fine with that. <laughs> as long as you have that heart and that passion to, hey, I want to I help them grow, I want to help them develop, and I want to clean the messes up. The, they're going to come up and they're going to sing a song. And, and I just encourage you guys, as we do this last set of worship, to just really focus on that. See, what can we do to really make sure the tables are together so we can thrive? 
Father God, thank you so much for this morning. God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity for these youth to, to be in big church today, God, to be in this adult worship center, to, to sing praises, to lead and, and to grow. And, and God, I, I thank you so much that, that here at Porterfield, we, we all are about leading and loving people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ, God. And, and we do all that we can to make sure that that is fulfilled. But God, I pray that as we continue to go on day by day in the future, we are always examining that. We are always making sure there is a place at the table already set up for anybody. And then we're actively searching for those to make sure they get connected, that they get integrated into this wonderful thing that you have set up here in this, in this community. And so God, I pray as we just reflect on that and, and maybe something speaks to somebody here this morning and they wanna, they wanna, they wanna get plugged in. They, wanna, they, they feel like they're at a table by themselves and they wanna step up to the big table. And I, God, I pray that, that the right person finds that person and gets them connected and, and we make a place for them, Lord. And God, I pray that, that, that we make sure that these young adults, when they're, when they're ready for that, question to pop in their mind of what do I do next after youth? They don't have to hesitate on the answer. They know they have a place and they can fit in perfectly because this is one church, one body, one table. And there's a place for everybody there. Because if we want to thrive as a church, God, we know we need to have a place at one table. In Jesus' name, amen.